Welcome to the 12th Precinct. Our podcast in which we re-watch every episode of Castle. Uh, we both watched it during the pandemic. Well, re-watched it during the pandemic. And we have many thoughts and opinions. And so we just wanted to hash them out. And we thought maybe other people would be interested to listen. Yeah. But just- I feel like we should add a FYI. This podcast is not spoiler free. And we are both very English and so we will complain a lot. Doesn't mean we hate the programme, just means we have a lot of opinions. <laughs> we are very critical, but it's because we love it. Yes. On to the ep- at hand. Yes. Hell have no fury. Right. Rating? Seven out of ten. Me too. I actually like this one. This one was fun. I enjoyed it. It had so many different elements to it that just made it good. There's a lot there's a lot of stuff. It's like the polar opposite to the last episode. Yes. There's so much more like you find out more about the characters, like it's you know, it's so much more involved in them rather than just the case. And the case is the things that I remember from this episode are the personal stuff, not the case. Because when I rewatched it, I honestly couldn't really remember the case that well. But all of the other stuff is like so good. Yeah, Not the case is bad, but do you know what I mean? Like they, the, the the episode is just laced with so much more stuff rather than just focusing on the case. Yeah, I loved it. I thought I just. <sighs> I just out of the ones that we've watched in seasons one so far, this for me is the strongest episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, is that a Harry Styles cop? Mm-hmm. I have um, Oh my god, I fucking I mean, love this is that. So... Anyway, enough about Harry Styles. <laughs> anyway. Okay. The case. The thing do you know what the main thing about this case is that I kept thinking the whole time? American politics is just insane. It's weird as shit. I don't understand how their system works because we have like we have count we have councillors, right? Oh my god. Um because you vote for like local council, don't you? Yeah. So you have local yeah. council, then you have MPs, and then you have m- members of parliament, like the cabinet. No, that's how ours is structured. Like, it's yeah. like three, four where tiers. Does, where does the mayor fit into that? In the UK? Yeah. Um, it's basically, it's not, uh, I don't know, are they elected? I've never voted for a mayor, I don't think, in my entire bloody life. But they're basically glorified councillors. They don't do nothing, really, apart from show up. I mean, is it just because it's London, or is, like, the mayor of London a higher gig than, like, being the mayor of Leeds? Because it seems like that dude does fucking everything. And then the mayors of every other city just, like, shout with a bell and ring it. <laughs> the mayor of London City Car, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> let's, let's just fact check. <laughs> yeah. No yeah, one City Car. Because people will rinse us if we get shit like that wrong. Like, we cannot... <laughs> Yeah, it must be bigger now. More, more, more people clearly know him. But fucking everyone knows who Sadiq Khan is. Who I don't. Yeah, think... and he makes like massive decisions for London, right? I don't. 
Right. Like, the mayor of London is some geezer called Vaughan Thomas, and there isn't even a picture of him. Like, oh, there was a picture of him on the Norfolk County Council website. He was formally elected to you at the colourful annual mayor-making ceremony. Oh, that sounds fruity. Sounds pretty exciting, doesn't it? Do we elect? Do we elect? No, they get picked. They're already a councillor and they get chosen. Right, so they're just a chosen one. Okay, but we elect the councillors. Yes. But it's just not like, I mean, it's just not as involved, is it? Like, you know, I like go down to the village hall and like just tick a box and then that's it. There's no campaign trail for these people to be the councillor. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, like, they just uh, put a leaflet for your fucking door. Right, I got like a, I got a fucking Facebook message <laughs> off the Labour, like the Labour guy who wanted to like run for councillor, and he was like, "Hey, like I need, like, um, I need signatures so that I can run. Is there any chance I can go come to your house and get signatures? Because I, because oh, I'm a registered member. They, yeah. they like obviously have a list of everyone in their area that's a registered member. And he's mm-hmm. like. He's like, oh, hey, I need a signature. Like, can I come and get a signature from you so I can run? Like, that's how chill it is. Like, he literally found me on Facebook <clears> and just sent me a message. Yeah, so why have they got these fucking campaign offices and this, campaign funds? It's This is bonkers to me because this is the complete opposite of what we do. I know. Everything in America just seems fucking ten times bigger than we this do it. Seems, this seems more evolved than, like, running for prime minister. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, his wife was like, oh, public humiliation. I wouldn't even know you were in UK. I'm like, fair (laughs) dues. Right. If this storyline happened in the UK, okay, maybe if it was Sadiq Khan, but then these people aren't the mayor, are they? So that's not redundant. But, okay, if this happened in the UK, it would be like what on like page 10 of the newspaper it would be on if those that. news if it happened like if it happened yeah or it'd be like in like the local newspaper yeah or it would be on the local tv like on the local news but if this happened to someone running for council in leeds you wouldn't even know would be on my tv it would be on my news it would only be on your news yeah on Leeds Live or something. Right. Yorkshire Post. And people would forget about it in a week. Like, it wouldn't be anything wild at all, but it just seems... And I get that it's New York, so it's probably, like, a bigger deal, and I assume if this was happening, you know, in, like, Kansas, maybe they wouldn't give a shit. But... Also, the fact that she's like, I'm going to be publicly humiliated when... We're getting a bit political here. Boris Johnson had a fucking affair and that weren't news for about two seconds and it blasted off again. Like, and she's like, oh, well, I'm going to have to stand there crying. You know, in UK, everyone's just like, yeah, fair enough. Everyone was just like, yeah, of course he fucking did. See <laughs> <Three> later. How? <laughs> this episode did not age well. I'll say that. In terms of no, feminism. There was, there was a lot. I wrote a lot of points down about some of the wording that they use. I did have to keep reminding myself that this episode came out, I mean, literally, I mean, what, 12 years ago? Fuck yeah. Yeah. I can't do maths, but... Yeah, yeah. 12 years ago. Yeah. Um, 
though times have changed, but fuck me. They are so bad in this episode. <laughs> and it's Beckett as well as, like, come oh. on. And the worst part of it is, it's like Castle is this egotistical asshole. That's what he's painted out to be. And he's the one calling her out on it. And I'm like... Yeah, there's... um That whole conversation that they have in the car about the stripper, basically. Yeah. And what is... So he says, so she basically says, like, oh, what did she think she, he was going to leave his wife and kids for her? And he says, that's yeah. sexist. And she's like, why is it? And then he's like, well, she maybe she's just in it for the sex. And then she says, basically, like, oh, yeah, well, I thought that. But actually, he's ugly. So why is she being <laughs> in it for the sex? And that's, like, essentially what she says. And I was like, what is going on here? What is happening? It's like, and as well, so I know know prostitution is illegal, right? Yeah. But why are they so, like, mean about it? I literally wrote down, like, the way that they talk about prostitutes, sex workers in this episode is, I mean, just not. bad. It is not okay. It's bad. It's really, really bad. And the fact that all the men are just sat there around the the computer, like... (laughs) And Ryan's like, oh, if I had your money, oh, it's so gross. Like, (laughs) oh, I just really hate... (laughs) Honestly, if they took... If we could, like, redo this episode... Everything else would stay the same, and then I would just take all of the sexism out. But this is not the first time in the history of Castle where they make very disgusting comments, derogatory comments about sex workers, because I don't know the name of the episode, but the one with the, you know, where Castle's friend, the mayor, gets set up, right? And they go to that sex shop, that phone sex place. Season three, it's season three. And they make the worst comments. And they all come from Beckett's mouth. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, Gil, I'm rooting for you, yeah? She does not come across very well in that episode yeah. at all. And it's the same in this one. It's like, girl, you... It's like, it's getting a bit yeah, you know? Shut the fuck up. Honestly, like, you know, not to jump ahead, but that, my low light for this episode, I literally just wrote slut-shaming. <laughs> Me too. I wrote Becky. What the fuck? Slut shaming. <laughs> right there. I just can't get on with it. We literally just know. Anyway, one of the things we liked about this episode. <laughs> I need to make a comment about the first, the first portion of this episode. The two guys that bring in the rug. How fucking heavy do they think a rug is? It's got a dead body in it that's a dead weight and they're just like yeah that's the normal weight for a rug and surely surely if you if you've wrapped a dead body in a rug you would be able to see it when it's wrapped up well you'd be able to see the feet it's the same like this i'm jumping forward here but in um the lives of others where the whole rear window situation oh yeah yeah 
and he's like, oh, the, like, the body's in the rug. Like, we need to go and check the storage unit. And they go and check the storage unit, and there's a rug in the corner, and you can see the rug, and you can fucking tell there's no body in it. And she, he's like, you need to unroll it. Well, she doesn't need to unroll it, because I can tell you there's not a body in there. And she unrolls it anyway, and then he's like, oh, my God, there's no body. Well, you would have been able to see it if there was a body. And it infuriates me, because I just think... <laughs> no one's body is that small or is that smushed down inside a rug. Just and when they were the lifting thing. it, how did the body not slide out whilst they were lifting it? Because you don't yeah. both lift it at the same time. There would have been like lumps and bumps in the in the in the rug, or like you would have smelt it, or there would have been like blood. There's so many things that could have gone wrong here. Like I don't understand how they didn't realise there was a body there. I don't. That were the tiptoe for me. We need to talk about the best person in the whole entire world. Martha, Martha Rogers. In this episode. Oh, because the whole episode, every time she pops up, she is just oh. rinsing this man. And I <laughs> love it. I literally oh, I love, love it so, so much. much. That first scene where she's on the phone and she's like, nobody's buying your book. Oh, it, it's so good. And the fact that she goes to the extent to get a bad review for him, just to rinse him. Oh, his jokes. What a babe. I loved it. My favourite Martha moment is in that final scene, which is a really great scene. And she turns to speak to Kay and she just looks up and down and she goes, oh, <laughs> It's the smallest thing, but it added me absolute fucking stitches. So good. (laughs) Literally so good. Do you know what? That whole scene is genuinely jokes because I just been back like I just think where is this event taking place? Like it's in my mind it's in like fucking W H Smith, right? <laughs> Just imagine like oh. <laughs> oh my god, that's killing me. <laughs> but literally like she walks in like no one is dressed up, not a single person. This whole room is middle-aged women crying over the fact that this character has been killed. And she, and I understand the point, but it just kills me that she walks in in this dress. That literally kills me. It's so funny. Also, why is he reading the end of his book at his book release? (laughs) Because he obviously hasn't read the whole thing. So he's literally just gone, well, last chapter. Like, I was like, why are you giving the ending away, hon? Your book just got released today. Nobody's read that yet. No one's going to read it now because you've just fucking spoiled it for it. Exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. I just, I imagine like one of them town centred of Smiths, you know, like, where it's like. <laughs> I mean, maybe it would have been a Waterstones. Maybe yeah, I downgraded it. A bit more upmarket. Probably would have been a Waterstones, but even so. That's so funny. <laughs> so I wrote a note about Espo and Ryan because they're in this episode way more. They're both yeah. very funny in it. I thought it was nice because you get to see that they're friends outside the precinct as opposed to just walking around Castle and Beckett for the entire episode. Yeah. 
you get to know more about them as people like them that scene of them in the dumpster mm -hmm. like you find out more about them by themselves which is so nice rather than mm -hmm. them just being her shadow essentially and also Lainey and Beckett because they have a scene together yeah literally but yeah I appreciate that they started to actually build more or focus on more relationships that weren't just Castle and Beckett or Castle's family as well because there's or, obviously yeah. like three episodes now yeah, yeah. I did I it was really nice I really appreciated it. Apart from in the dumpster, you know, when LT finds the wallet. Yeah, even though his name's not LT. In the <laughs> so I, I'm sure there was, there, I'm sh there was like some DVD extra or some shit where they talk about this. And he, they, he like mentions the fact that he was called Scott in the first couple of episodes and then they just like randomly changed his name to LT. Also. His name in real life is LT, right? Another... I don't know. I'm, just, I'm sure it's a sure on IMBD. His real name's LT, and so they just started calling him by his real name. That's what he deserves. Another boob on their part mm -hmm. when they have the shot outside the precinct, and it's the fucking ninth, ninth precinct. I wrote that down. Well, I wasn't happy about that. The sex photos. I need to talk about this. Howling. Absolutely. Crease. <laughs> Oh every my time, god! Every time that this happens in the show, and this is a plot point, the photos are just jokes. Nobody has sex like that. Not a single person. No. And who the hell has sex with the blinds open on a top story? Nobody Especially, does that. Yeah, people who are trying to keep it secret, and then they're just like, "Oh well, let's just bang with all the blinds open." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, I couldn't, every time they showed them, I was like, please stop, because they are so, so bad. They're so bad. They're so bad. It's just jokes. I literally couldn't stop laughing at them. I thought, this is, I understand that they couldn't be anything too X-rated. It's ABC. <laughs> it's a family network. I get it. I'm with you. But Jesus Christ. <laughs> um... The wife, why didn't I write, I didn't write the name, the guy's, the victim's name down, so I don't, I don't know his name. Don't worry about men. The wife goes from grieving, I know she's part of the murder, but like, if we ignore that, from literally grieving to, oh, I'm going to run as a political candidate in the space of like five hours, that's shady behaviour, why didn't they pick up on that? Yeah, yeah, as soon as she runs, you would think they would go... That's questionable. Yeah. Because you would think that if your husband had just died, you would be in the right frame of mind to start running a political campaign. What is Kate's problem with the coffee machine? I do not understand this. I think the problem isn't the coffee machine. The problem is him. Because he's, like, integrating himself into her personal space. That's the problem. Because... She goes to use it when she thinks there's no one else around. Just, just so like, get the fuck over his coffee. Yeah, like <laughs> it's coffee. Because when there's when she goes in and like she like makes a point to not use a coffee machine, and then the three of like Ryan, Espo, and 
cast are all drinking the coffee from the coffee machine. She's just like staring at them. It's like, oh my god, just fucking make yourself a cup of coffee. It's going to be fine. <laughs> but okay, this is my problem with their relationship in the early stages, is it's so confusing to me because when she's with him she's flirty she's you know i wouldn't say she's like batting him away you know she's like chatting him in this episode she goes from not wanting to use his coffee machine to showing up to him reading a book in this dress specifically to get to him yes so how do we go from one to the other so rapid but I have a feeling that it's maybe more to do with the fact that when she's with him by herself, she can do like whatever, but she doesn't want to be that way in front of the that others. That would make sense. Because it would undermine a professionally, that right. makes sense. But she has no issues with like flirting with him when it's just the two of them. That's the only thing I can think of that would be the reason as to why she's doing it. Yeah, I just, I don't it's know. just weird. It's just annoying because it's like you're an adult, so we can all just grow up. And... Yeah, it just reads us. I don't know. I just think it's weird that that's the symbolism for it is that coffee machine. I just thought that yeah. it's a really, relationship wise, it's a really good episode for them. This episode would make makes me believe in the idea of them two as like romantically involved more than any other one. Like yeah, even we more than the pilot. Yeah, no, we have because it, with the pilot really, you yes, obviously they have that scene at the end of the pilot, but essentially it's just like I find you attractive, you find me attractive, mm-hmm. we could have sex and then never see each other again. Yeah. Whereas this is different. Yeah, I still, if I watched this, I still wouldn't be committed to the idea of them to like being in a relationship and more at this point in the show i'm more committed to the idea of them to the idea of them to just shagging you know what i mean yeah that that really is something that would happen but it's like we had obviously the first episode and then the two episodes in between there was not really the not much happened like not much there was no development in relationship or whatever mm-hmm. and then we get this where there's just so much. They're back and forth all the time. Like It's like the polar opposite to what we've seen for the past couple of episodes. It's very yo-yo, isn't it? It's very, and, like, like, everyone else commenting on it as well. Like, Lainey comments on it. Obviously, Martha makes that comment when she shows up in the dress. Alexis mm-hmm. is like... Yes! When he's like, oh, it's just research, nothing more. And she's like, mm, yeah. Like, they, everybody is picking up on it in this episode. Which is just crazy. Um, I am going to go against everything that I've said so far in this entire podcast. All four episodes. I really like Alexis in this episode. Do you know what? That, the part at the end, like, oh, can we talk? And pulls him away. And Alexis is like, oh, I want to hear it. I was like, that's kind of funny. Like, I would be the same. Yeah, like, I wanna that's know funny. I would be the exact same. Yeah. You're finally I'm- relatable to me. <laughs> I was with her the whole way in that scene. Yeah. I was like, yes, me too, yes. girl, me too. I, yeah, I actually, I didn't think she was, I thought she was great and fairly decent yeah. anyway in this episode. Every conversation that she had, and I think those are the only two conversations that she has with him, right? The one where she's like, it's just research, and he, 
and then when they're at the bookshop. I think they're the only two times that she's in the episode. They're the only two things I can remember. But, but both times, I was like, that's exactly how I would respond as well. Yeah. Yes. A relatable moment. And also, in both of those scenes, she is so much like Martha and Castle. Like, there's been like three episodes of her being so different to them, so weirdly different to them. And then in this one, I'm like, I actually buy that that's your family and that you're all related. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciated her more in this episode than I have ever before and probably will for a long time. Yeah. All of my notes are literally about the slut shaming. Like, also, even to the point where at the book party, I keep going back to this one fucking like five second scene, but at the book party where they're like, Nikki Heat. And then she's like really pissed off that he's calling this character Nikki Heat. And then she said, It's a stripper name. Not happy. <laughs> and he's like I told you she was kind of slutty well a stripper doesn't have to be slutty like why are we saying this I think the name Nikki Heat is fucking terrible yeah right? it's not a great name but it's not a great it's name it's a terrible it's name stri- it's just a, a very name. obviously fake name yes but so is Derek Storm so clearly yeah. I mean he's right in the sense he's like I'll oh, think of all of the book titles and that's obviously how he's done it he's like oh, I need a good name that I'm going to be able to make loads of book titles about. Um, but it's not. It's not real. It's not believable. It's not. No one has that name. But that's by the by. It doesn't have to be a bad name because it's a stripper name. Do you know the interrogation scene where they're interrogating the wife of the victim? Yeah. And she talks about the fact that she would be publicly humiliated because her husband cheated on her. Yeah. Like... Just leave him. Yeah, maybe it was a different, like, again, maybe this is just this cultural thing that we keep talking about. But, I mean, I genuinely can't think of an instance in UK politics in which the guy, if the guy is the MP or whatever, and he cheats and the wife leaves, that the country goes... Well, that's embarrassing for the wife. Because I just feel like we would all just be like, well, he's a, he's a sleeve bag. Yeah, and we have that, we're different in the fact that if they don't leave, we're like, why haven't you left him? Yeah, like I don't, yeah, so I don't, and I don't know if that's a cultural thing or if the, the this episode is just off the mark. Um but it just seems odd that she constantly talks about the fact that she couldn't leave him. So essentially he had to die. It just seems... Yeah, like- and it's not like money's an issue because they make it clear that she was the one with the money. She funded his campaign. He didn't have nothing. Right, so it's so not, not like if they got divorced that it would be an issue. Yeah. And like... She says something about her kids as well, like, it'd be really embarrassing for her kids. Well, isn't it kind of worse for your kids that they don't have any parents now? Yeah, you've actually made the situation worse. Yeah. Um, 
I just, I love how we um, have really hyped this episode up and said how great it is, and then we've just like past 46 minutes talking yeah. about how much we dislike everything about it. Like, what is wrong with us? <laughs> I don't know. No, but it is, it is a good episode. Like, if I watched this one, I would want to carry on watching it. Sure. There's more story in this episode. There's more funny moments in this episode. Yes. Um... I like, like, you know, when she says, um, call me a muse again and I'll break both your legs. Yeah. And then, like, in the future, like, in... Um, it's the... I know exactly what you're about. It's the season six. Is it a season six finale or the season se- season seven finale when she says, I'm proud to be his inspiration and I'm proud to be his wife. Yeah. Growth. Exactly. And, I, and I'm sure it's obviously, like, it's completely... Well, from the beginning, it's unintentional. It's probably not from the last bit, but I appreciate that. Me too. I loved that. Yeah, me too. I like I like things like that. Um, that's what I got. This is short. Yeah. The, hold on. Go on. Now, when we talk about muses, I saw the fucking funniest tweet the other day, and it was like, um, it was like Joe when he listens to the lake. And it was like this screenshot of Esposito, <laughs> and it was like, can a dude be a muse, <laughs> or is that inappropriate? Stop. Stop. I was fucking dying at it. I need that tweet. That is all of my oh, interest in one tweet. I'm going to be spending so long trying to find this stupid. Sweet. Oh my god. I got it. Have you found it? Yeah. Send it to you. That is the fucking funniest tweet. We're gonna we're gonna lace Taylor Swift into this entire podcast. Can we talk about the fact that Taylor Swift wrote the song Long Story Short about Kate Beckett? Can you shut up? Because honestly I can't stop thinking about every time I listen to the song. I think, holy mother of fuck, this, this was literally written for this TV show. Like, I can't. Do you know what was iconic? When Christina Applegate used to freak out about Castle all the time on Twitter. Yes! Oh, my God. That's unlocked a memory, Abby. Uh, And her, and I don't know the name of the woman, the one from Rizzoli and Isles, and Starnakatic, all three of them had shows on ABC and they used to tweet each other continuously about... Sasha Alexander, wasn't it? Yeah, not the one that Sia shouted out on Twitter. Oh, remember that? You just <laughs> speak Angie Harmon. <laughs> not Angie Harmon. That is the funniest tweet of all time. Like, that will literally go down in history. Um, <laughs> Oh, it was called Girls Night In. Hashtag Girls Night In. Yes. She even tweeted when it ended. Sad about Castle. When I was prego, I binge watched a few seasons, making me a total fan. Good night, Nathan and Starna. Thank you. Formally apologise to everyone because we rated it. I feel like we need to revise our statements. Yeah. We were so keen to be on this episode. Maybe this should be a six. I'm happy to I'm happy to have said it was a seven and like change my mind to a six and, and have the audience be aware that we've made a mistake. 
<laughs> Do you know what brings it to a seven for me? Because I think this episode would be a five if we were doing it on case and secondary characters. What makes it a seven for me is yeah. it gets an automatic two-point boost for the scene with Martha in the bookshop at the beginning because I think that's funny. I like the fact that it grounds Castle because for the past four episodes, we're just made to believe that he is like this rich, famous, you know, like, like everybody knows best, who he is. Everybody, right. Yeah. Best and author then, in the fucking world. Yeah. And this, this whole episode just completely decimates that. It's like, lol, no. Like... Even um, the PI guy says sec- you're like a second-rate novelist. Yes. And he did not and like it when he said uh, that. Yeah. Um, yes. I like that we get other people's perspective on him because mm-hmm. the whole time all we've had really is his own perspective of himself. Yeah. So we're made to believe that he's this all wonderful person. And actually, like, when it comes to it, like, when she says, like, oh, well, people were queuing outside the door for Harry Potter. And it hooks him. So you can kind of work out where he's supposed to be, like, on the level of author fame. Because people aren't queuing outside to buy his book. Oh, this. Is Richard Castle a Republican? Because it's oh, like that damn liberal <laughs> media. Sir, <laughs> so, what is your political affiliation? I need to know. I think about this all the time. I think um, because I, I keep trying to remember if we ever really get an idea of the mayor. You know, the mayor that he obviously he's like best friends with the mayor. I can't remember if we ever find out like what political party the mayor is in. I'm going to say something, it's going to make puke. But from the way Bracken speaks and the stories that he tells, I think Bracken is a Democrat. Yeah, just a dirty one. I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. Oh. I think Mayor Walden, because he does explicitly say in that season three episode, you know, where he's getting like booed, and we're assuming, we're led to believe anyway, that the people that are framing him are Bracken's people. He says, I have differing points of view to the people that are doing this to me, which would make me, which would lead me to believe that he is... He's a Republican. It's not going well for us here, is it? Come on, man. Castle. (laughs) Yeah, but I always... The way that I frame politics is the UK version, so it's like Labour versus Conservative. So I... When it comes to American politics, it differs for me because the way theirs is set out is like Republicans, like, is like right wing as hell. It's like basically the equivalent of like, I don't know if it's, the, yeah, I don't even know what it's the equivalent to in the UK. Like, UKIP. <laughs> the Democrats are the Conservatives in the UK. That's how it swings with us. Sure. They don't have yeah. Labour. So, it's it's difficult for me to put that into the frame of mind because I just asso- associate, like, l- Labour and, you know, Conservative. Sure. It's a completely different mindset, isn't it? So it's yeah. difficult for us to kind of understand. But I go on the assumption that he's a Republican. 
tail. Which makes me a little bit sad, but we move. But <laughs> I don't think he would have voted for Trump. I don't think he's that much of an asshole. No. No. In our hypothetical world, I don't think he would have voted for Donald Trump. So. And also, remember, like, if you think about Castle in the later seasons, he would definitely root for a female vice president. Like, he would have fully been on board with Kamala Harris because he would have been like, that's a good show for my daughters. I firmly believe that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's. I mean, maybe he was a Republican and then he changes his mind. I wouldn't be surprised if he, like, was a Republican and then over time... Like, now that he's working the day-to-day of the police officers, he's not in that high society anymore, maybe, yeah, maybe there would be a shift. Yeah, this is a very niche conversation about (laughs) fictional characters' political um, allegiances, (laughs) but... um, Yeah, that is what I would assume. That is what I'm going to tell myself, is that in season one, this man was a Republican. And then, you know, maybe... I don't know when I think he would have changed his mind. Maybe, like, five. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, because it's weird, because they never, ever bring up politics again after... uh, They bring it up in, like the idea of these criminals being politicians, but they don't actively bring up politics. I think this is the only time in the entire show where they make a statement about some in a political sense. Right. They never, like, there's never any explicit talk about political allegiances from anybody. No, No one. So we have genuinely no idea. Shall we just quickly do every single character on the show and what their political affiliation would be really quickly with no explanation? Because I, I feel like I've got most of them. I think we should do this on the UK. Because here's the thing, like, the Americans have got two fucking parties. We've got like 7,000. Yes. It's more interesting. It's more interesting Okay. when you put it in a British so, sense. Let's do it in a British sense then. Um, Castle would be conservative in the UK, there's no doubt about it. It's too rich to be Labour, in my opinion. Kate Beckett would be Liberal Democrat. Yeah, I was going to say Lib Dem. Lib Dem, 100%. Lainey, we've done green. Espo. (laughs) I mean, he would, at the very least, he's conservative. Like, he is. Yeah, okay, we'll give him Tory. We'll give him Tory. I think he he could it's not yeah. great, but it's not yeah, the worst, you know? Yeah. Ryan, Lib Dem. Yes. Mm, yeah, yeah. Jenny, I mean, she's not even a main character, but she gives me such green or independent vibes. Yeah. 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 We'll write that out. Jim Beckett. <laughs> Conservative. This man, this man is a Tory. The, the thing is, the thing is, he is a lawyer, like he's got decent, he's got money. Oh, yeah. And Joanna Beckett was very, I feel like she was like grassroots organisations, right? So she'd be Labour. So maybe he was she Labour. She was Labour. Yeah. Maybe he'd be a Labour man. I think he was a Tory. Mm. Yeah. And now he's, now he's yeah. Labour through and through. Yeah. What about Montgomery? Tory. Tory bastard. Yeah. <laughs> Gates, 
Lib Dem. Why is everybody fucking Lib Dem? Because they're not, they're not, um, they're not left enough to be Labour. Mm-hmm. Like none of them are left enough to be Labour. Gates would be a Lib Dem for sure. Now Martha, I'm not sure about. You know, I feel like she might be Labour because I think Martha would be like, yeah, she's Labour, but she's not mm-hmm. like. Keir Starmer Labour. No. no. She's like Diane Abbott. She would, as soon as that article came out about Diane Abbott drinking that mojito on a train, she would have been a force of nature to contend with that. Story. She would have been on that tube with like a gallon of wine. Yeah. She would be protesting the fuck out of that. For sure. Who else yeah. have we got characterised? I can't think of it. Alexis. Do you know what? She'd be a Lib Dem, but she'd be a Green for show. She'd be on Twitter. She'd be a, she'd be a secret voter. She's yeah. a secret voter. She's a secret voter. Pie, green pie. <laughs> that one's busy. Pie, pie is like running to be the green pie <laughs> MP. <laughs> is there anybody else? I think that's everyone now. I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, I hope we haven't offended too many people with that. No. Um. <laughs> We love a tangent. Yeah, we do. <laughs> um, okay, should we do highlight, low light, MVP? Yeah, right. I mean, like I said before, my low light, I literally just wrote slut shaming. Do you have a highlight? Um, my highlight is literally Martha rinsing castle. That's what I wrote for my highlight. Uh, I what wrote... a babe. You know the PI, uh, he goes into the interrogation room, he uses the line, I'm not the one that's been dipping my churro in sugar half my age, and that is repulsive, (laughs) but fucking (laughs) hilarious. That is so good. I was like, whoever wrote that, like, congrats here, because that is one of the best euphemisms I've ever heard for having sex. I bet someone just walked into the writer's room one day and was like... Paycheck, please. This is the best line I've ever written. <laughs> that is my contribution to the episode. See you I'm later. Like, yeah, with full cred and I'm out. Oh, I just, the way it was said as well, oh, so good. My MVP for this episode goes to Kay Beckett um, just for the sheer goals it takes to walk into that room in a fucking midi dress um in oh, front of the, <laughs> just bunch of people oh that, like it's fucking normal basically your mvp for this episode is stana for agreeing to wear these fucking yeah. outfits that they put her in that dress is not a bad dress it's not awful but it's just it's odd no the worst, yeah. the worst one in this entire show for me, the worst fashion choice is when she goes, I don't know what episode it is, it's definitely season one, where she goes to that fucking party with him and she's wearing that god-awful red dress. And the worst part of the dress oh, is... Oh, the one that he picks, from, picks yeah. out for her. The worst part for oh, me oh, is the fact that the top it. of the dress is jewelled right it's got jewels on it which is enough it's enough and to top it off they put her in this fucking huge statement necklace it's criminal it's fucking criminal it's like the sort of dress that girls wore to prom in 
I mean, literally at this time, in this time, in like 2009, 2010, yeah. like that, that is the kind of dress people wore to prom. And when she picks it out of the box, she's like crying because it's so fucking nice. I'm like, <laughs> literally, honey, this is no. not, no. 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 And I'm sure wardrobe probably spent a heinous amount of money on that dress and it's a fucking nasty. Yeah, but it's the same with that wedding dress that thank you oh, <laughs> She has three three wedding dresses and only one of them is decent and that's a fucking jumpsuit. The first one has got them weird toilet paper tools on it. The top of it is really nice. The silver bit is stunning. The it's bottom the bottom, yeah. Yeah. And then they do this thing with I mean, Stana's skinny enough she can pull it off, but they put the cut of the dress on her hips. And yeah. I don't understand that. I do not get that. It looks... I don't... She can pull it off, though, because she's, like, stunning. But it's, just, it's but, not a good... No. Yeah, it's not a good cut. Lift it's it up a bit. Lift it up. It's not uh, flattering. Yeah, and then when they actually get married, and she's, like, picking an outfit out with five minutes to fucking spare... It's stunning. It's banging. It's, it's just stunning. Spot on. <laughs> It's like, why did you go for it? And then I understand that the second dress is like a mum's or something, so it's supposed to be like a bit old school. No, it's... We should do a compilation of Kate Beckett's worst outfits. It's going to be a long one. It's the fact that the scene... Oh, my God, we're getting... Like, this is still season one. It's probably fucking next episode, no, me and you. The one where she's going to that party and she shows Lainey all them outfits and they're all fucking pink. <laughs> Literally, like, dresses that she wore when she was, like, teenager. Like, she doesn't... <laughs> oh. Okay, none of it is... None of it is okay. None of it is okay. But the thing is, I don't necessarily like what Martha wears, but it just suits the character. Yeah, maybe that's the problem. Like, um, yeah, Martha wears very flamboyant outfits. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be weird if she didn't wear very yeah. flamboyant outfits. Like, mm-hmm. and I think maybe that's what's so off is that I see the way they dressed her in, especially this season, and I guess probably the next season as well. And I think it doesn't make any sense because season three and season four, she's rocking up to crime scenes in like a pair of skinny jeans and like a t-shirt. Yeah. And like a so, fucking leather jacket. Right. So how do we get, I appreciate people's fashion sense changes, but how do we get from, you know, yellow hat, orange, orange scarf. Oh, oh I can't. Oh, to like having no colour in your wardrobe whatsoever, none of it makes any sense to me. I mean, this is we're going on such a fucking tangent. Anyway, I digress. Um, yeah. We have just spent the last however long, like actually, like we're on a fashion <laughs> podcast, which considering the fact that we're both sat here in um, like jumpers and hoodies, it's just a joke. <laughs> um, and I'm wearing Taylor Swift merchandise, so you know, <laughs> high fashion over here. we've done political affiliations and fashion this got out of hand it's all part of the fun it's all part of the fun basically Mark was a babe and we liked the scene at the book party woo (laughs) 10 out of 10 7 out of 10 (laughs) 